Welcome back to Earning Confidence, the podcast where we try to share some stories of people that are uh, doing some pretty cool stuff and um, uh, finding success, uh, different areas that are outside uh, the normal nine to five. And um, they're becoming successful by uh, pushing past that fear and uh, earning confidence in these areas. And hopefully these stories will help inspire others that are looking to do the same, whatever it may be, entrepreneurship, weight loss, fitness, whatever. Um, today we have a great guest. We have uh, Mr. Tony Salas here to my right. Uh, Tony is a professional shooter-ish. Uh. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, he'll, he'll correct me and tell me what the, the correct terminology is on that. But uh, uh, I've known Tony for a while now, and, and he also has a very interesting background, um, the different careers that he's uh, uh, taken a stab at. So... Uh, we'll dive into all that, and uh, hopefully this will be a good episode here. So, welcome, Tony. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, like I said, very interesting background. So, let's let's start way back at the beginning. Um, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Chicago and raised in the Chicago suburbs. Okay. And um, high school, college, you go to college? Community college for a little bit, and okay. then left Nice, nice. That seems to be a uh, trend um, on this show, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is funny. Um, just this is only our third episode, and I think I've gotten the same answer out of the previous two guests. So, uh, so that's an interesting uh, point. Um, but uh, so after college, um, now I'm not sure what the timeline is on all this, so you, you'll have to run me through it. But I know at some point there was some. Uh, race car driving. There was some stand-up comedy, a um, little bit of this and that. So why don't you take us back to your <laughs> post-college years and uh, and uh, tell us what what your first endeavor was and how you got into it. All right. Well, actually, we have to go back to college because I actually started doing stand-up in college. Oh, okay. I was a founding member of the comedy club for the college. And we all just got together and started telling jokes and I found venues to perform at and just a bunch of group of us every week, every night, went out, open mics, tried tried to be funny. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what? So, what made you want to um, try comedy? Uh, I always enjoyed it. I always had the dream of being like an actor, you know, being in the spotlight. Uh, it was it was by fate. I used to go to a satellite campus. It wasn't the main campus, and I saw a poster of somebody starting a comedy club. It was one of the instructors there, okay. or one of the professors, and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna finally do it. And uh, I looked up to guys like Tim Allen, Bernie Mac, sure. like a wide range of comedy. Yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm trying things new. College is new. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, you grew up, um, you know, watching the the stand up comedy in the in the late '80s, early '90s, and. Yeah, 90s mostly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Tim Allen, Bernie Max, a lot of good comics back then. So what happened with the whole comedy acting career? So um, it's actually not off the table. Mm -hmm. I still write comedy almost daily. Okay. I have a journal that I just write in, just free write. Awesome. Um, I still kind of perform yeah. in my everyday life, whether it's teaching people what I teach now, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and acting, it's still an art form. I still love art uh, performing. It's still on the table. I put it on hold because I was getting married. Okay. And uh, as a comic, you're on the road a lot. Sure. And uh, it wasn't jiving at the time. 
I wasn't at a spot in life where the wife or soon to be wife was okay with it. Sure. So we started to compromise on some things and gotcha. it was still fresh. So comedy, is it like, uh, you say you write jokes daily. D- is it like songwriting where you can actually sell that material to, to like a songwriter will write songs and then sell it to an artist. Um, can you do the same thing with comedy or is that uh, something that's typically done? It can be done. Yeah. Um, with me, not, I, not that I couldn't. Um, I say I'm a lot like Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. not as successful, but the way that we write comedy, it's everything's very personal. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. I would say 98% of my jokes came from stuff that really happened. Sure. It right. may be exploded and exaggerated, but the premise of it happened to me. Gotcha. Okay. So. Okay. So, um, how long have you been married? Uh, we are, ooh, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to put shoo. you on the spot. I can edit this, so. I'm going to do, uh, <laughs> do math. Uh, got married in 12. And what are we in? Mm, 19, 19, so six years, seven years. Nice. Okay, very good. And um, so you compromise on the comedy. Um, just kind of put it on the shelf for a little while. Still have the option to go back to it. Um, and then how did race car driving, where did that come in? Well, <laughs> So, uh, being a young boy, mm-hmm. uh, I always had a thing, fascination with cars. I remember my mom telling me stories all the time of, I just want to run up and touch cars. In the 80s and 90s, car alarms became a thing. Yeah. I found out real quick yeah. that you probably shouldn't touch cars. <laughs> uh, and it's been an obsession ever since. Yeah. Um, I managed an auto parts store before and race cars and cars in general, customizing them, whatever it is, just always drew to me. Okay. And, uh. I finally decided that I'd had enough of people telling me I couldn't do mm. what I wanted to do with a car, uh, whether it's being overweight or not having money or not having the proper car. Mm-hmm. I decided to take the car I had and prove that it could be raced. And I did. Interesting. And what kind of racing did you do? I did rally cross. Okay. So it's basically off-road racing and autocross mixed together. Okay. What kind of cars are those? Uh, well, those vary. Yeah. Uh, I was very grassroots. Uh, I used my 2004 Pontiac Vibe. Okay. Uh, it's uh, It was automatic, so it was everything a race car shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. Uh, my very first race, I took third. Oh, nice. And the following race, I took second. Wow. Which is also the race that temporarily ended my race car career because I ended up rolling the car. Really? Uh yeah, I still took. I would have took first had I not rolled. Found that that was pretty interesting. Wow! And so did you have any injury with that? Yeah, or? I did. Yeah. Uh, I ended up getting twenty-ish stitches in my left arm. Okay. Uh, other than that, nothing. Is that what took you out of racing? Well, it or took me you... out of racing because uh, the whole money thing got brought up. Not so much. Uh, Jackie, my wife, always supports what I do mm-hmm. now post she even supports the comedy now sure we're at a different place in life where it's we're both more mature sure. i'm sure we'll get into that later mm-hmm. uh no i found the actual cost of racing isn't necessarily the car it's not the suit it's not the entry it's not the fuel the tires it's when stuff goes bad mm-hmm. uh the hospital bill was not sure, cheap sure uh the car was totaled mm-hmm. so okay i found the the hidden cost of racing sure i gotcha Okay, so we've had a stand-up comedy career, acting career, um, racing, and now you're into 
so you can correct me on the correct term. What what is the what is the sport that you are currently in? So the layman broadest term is I'm a competitive action pistol shooter. Okay. I am not a professional. Okay. Uh, I'm a professional in the gun industry. Okay. But not as a shooter. I see. Yet. Okay. So. So would you be considered an amateur? Yeah, probably. Okay. I would. I would consider an amateur. Do you guys have an actual? Um, amateur versus professional class in that sport? No. Like other sports do? No. No, okay. we have, every once in a while, we have a match that's, we'll, we'll call it a pro-am. Okay. To help separate it, but sure. usually it's just, generally the pros are the better people, and sure. the non-pros are in a different, we have different classes. Okay. And they're usually in the higher class. So. I see. And how did you get into action pistol shooting? Uh, well, um... My father owns a gun store. Okay. And that's where I started. That's kind of where the whole entrepreneurial bug hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him as own his own business. So I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I yeah. want to be the boss, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, one night they were holding a match at his range. And uh, this is, if you ever watch a video or see, it's one thing. You know, when you see it in person, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. To see somebody, like, run and shoot a gun so fast so accurate it's like watching a you know an action movie in front of you it was the coolest thing i've ever seen and i i had to do it yeah it was essentially racing with guns so for people that are unfamiliar with the sport what exactly is involved uh so it's uh running and gunning basically for points uh, we have targets scoring zones it's timed and it's basically how many points per second can you get mm. and uh points per second wow so and you just <clears throat> you're moving from one um, like target to the next, usually laterally, correct? Back no, or, or uh, even forward and it's back. Ev- yeah, it's everywhere, huh? Everywhere you have everything from uh, forward, back, left, right, prone, oh, shaky wow. bridges. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty intense. I mean, sure. it's not a. Uh, it's pretty. It, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. it's stuff that you would never think like. How how am I going to shoot this? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a pretty infamous stage for three gunners where they actually get attached to a zip line and they, and they have targets laid out. So you're constantly just flying. Now I haven't done it, Yeah, but you slide down and you just go side to side. They've done shooting from a golf cart. Interesting. So yeah, it's, it's basically the Olympics has shooting, right? Yes. They have shotgun shooting, air rifle, air pistol. Yes. That's like, your normal Olympics. Mm-hmm. My shooting would be more classified as like an X game sport. I see. So okay, very interesting. And um, this it sounds like a pretty niche sport. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I yeah. would say that. So it, a pretty tight knit community. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the organization I'm in has just under forty thousand members. Okay. Well, well, so that's not not a drop in the bucket either. But yeah, given the hundreds of millions of guns in America. Sure. It's sure. pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so your dad owns a gun shop, so you've probably been in the guns most of your life. I started working in the fishing side of the sporting goods store that he owns when I was 14 in high school. Wow. Uh, being cash register, counting out worms for bait. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Uh, I'd always had, looking back now, I learned a lot of lessons. Sure. Uh, I never wanted that job. I always wanted the next job. Sure. I want to be in sales. Mm-hmm. I want to be the boss. Mm-hmm. Here I am stuck counting worms. Looking back, it was, it was a really important lesson. Like it's 
it's the little stuff that needs to get done. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I started there on weekends and then it was, uh, all through high school, you know, kids wanted to go out and play on the weekend. And I was like, no, I, I gotta go to work. Like that was, yeah. I wanted to do it. So working in a gun store is still your daytime job, correct? Slightly yeah. different, but yeah. 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 And, uh, and then the, the competitive, um, competitive action, you pistol competitive shooting, shooter, competitive shooter, yeah. uh, on the side, on the, on the nights and weekends. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, there's a few other things you're, you're into. Yeah. Um, so not only are you a competitive shooter, but you enjoy the sport so much that you want to teach other people. Yes. Right. Um, so you have your own training yeah, program, uh, or is it, is it a training program or is it uh, personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching or how does that work? So currently I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one students uh, that I coach mm -hmm. that are already in the sport. Uh, big plan for 2020. Uh, this will, Here's an exclusive for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I haven't released the video yet, but my goal is to get 500 new shooters into the sport. Awesome. For 2020. Wow. So. That's a, that's a big Big audacious goal. Yeah. Oh, good for you. And um, so is this done mostly in person, online? How do you how do you do this training? Uh, so a lot of it is online. Um, I take my students' uh, match videos or training footage. Okay. And uh, I have a software that I can just basically go all John Madden on it. Nice. Show them where they're doing something wrong, where it's good. So that they... There's a lot of uh, it's uh, there's a big trend in in sports to do that now with golf swings with with uh, with batting swings. Yep. Oh. Same software. No. Oh, yep. Very cool. Um, and then so we talked about your wife earlier. She's a competitive shooter as well. She is. So was she in the sport before you guys met, or did you have something some influence on that, or how did that happen? So we're gonna go back to the race car crash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I had raced that car. It was very grassroots. I didn't have a roll cage. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rule was I would not be able to race again in a car unless I had a cage. Mm. Um, I didn't have a car to put a cage in at this point. And she'd just uh, taken a lot more interest. She'd always wanted to do it. Her mom, I've known her mom longer than I've known her. Her mom's worked for my dad for forever. She's known me since I was a little boy. Yeah. She used to competitively shoot. Wow. So Jackie's been seeing it her whole life. Mm. Well, when I rolled a car, she's like, you know what? I, I want to I wanna try this. Why don't you come back and do it with me? I did it prior to that. I'd had a little stint in competitive shooting. <coughs> excuse me. And I, I left. Mm -hmm. um, I had a big falling out with uh, my uncle, who was one of the owners at my dad's place. Okay. And uh, it hit me pretty hard. And I didn't want to, I didn't want anything to do with guns anymore. Wow. I'd poured my whole life into it and I said, screw it. I'm going on to something else. And that's when cars became my main focus. Gotcha. And uh, after cars, I don't want to say were taken away because it was awesome. Yeah. Even the role, I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, let's, let's try this. Let's go back to this. You had a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's something we can do together. Yeah. So that led us to starting to shoot again some local matches and people that remember me were, Oh, whoa, you're back. Hey, Hey. And, uh, it just snowballed very quickly. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
me and my wife and I, we both got into CrossFit about the same time. And it's something that we can do together and talk about at home. And um, it's actually brought us a lot closer. So yeah. do you find that the same thing with the uh, with the shooting? Hundred percent. Or I I have seen other relationships where they're so competitive that it may, may well, drive them apart. So if, uh, is there a bit of competitiveness there? Or so uh, she knows who's better. <laughs> uh, For now. Yeah, but she she is competitive. Yeah, and I just like seeing the drive for people to get better. Sure, and uh, it, it's something for her she can focus on. And like myself, it has basically consumed her life. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much everything we do revolves around some something in the shooting industry. Sure. So, yeah, and you guys love it so much that you started an apparel line. Yeah, uh, I did competitive shooting apparel line. So, yeah. Uh, first of its kind, or is there another, any others out there? Uh, or? There's a couple more. Yeah. And, um, so you guys just launched that this year, right? Uh, it officially launched in August. And what's the name of that? Laugh apparel? and Load. Laugh and so Load. Laugh, letter N, Load. Okay. And that's a, a mix of the comedy maybe and the, uh, yeah, I actually, shooting? it started three years ago, mm-hmm. four, three, four years ago. I started Laugh and Load as just like an Instagram page for like funny memes. Okay. Cause I needed a competitive, uh, outlet to uh just have fun with sure and i'd been in the guns i'm like this perfect marriage and as it went on and on and on i was like this this could this could lead into something yeah and it just blew up from there very cool is that uh instagram page still around it still is yeah yeah it's still still post on it still post on it very good it's uh it became the business page so yeah oh okay very cool and and your um training business is performance gun training yep right um is that the url is that how we yep. find you performance gun training.com very good uh, performance gun training on instagram and facebook yeah and i really liked it right so instagram and facebook i really liked back at the beginning of this year you were doing a lot of dry fire drills yes and you were giving a lot of these tips and tricks away for free on your facebook and your instagram page mm-hmm. right so yeah great place if you're interested in um competitive shooting or just being a better shooter period yeah. uh, i think there was a lot of good material that you were putting out at the time so um very cool and so what is besides the 500 students for 2020 or if not students i'm sorry 500 people into the sport in 2020 what else is on the horizon for performance gun training laugh and load tony salas in general um well it's it's kind of weird because we've been going through goals right now, the wife and I, about what 2020 contains. Yeah. Um, performance gun training is going to have a big project coming up um, to aid in getting those 500 shooters mm-hmm. into the sport. Uh, it'll be kind of vlog-esque okay. about everything you need to do from beginning to end. Uh, my plan is to um, show you how to join the organization, where to find matches, where to find training what gear to buy on a budget that you can take, you know, not as much money as people think people see these guns and people have seen them before where they cost thousands of dollars. Yes. You can spend a ton of money in this sport Mm -hmm. and the sport by comparison is not cheap. Sure. It's much like golf. People think golf is cheap. Mm -hmm. Golf is not cheap. Right. Same thing. But I want to show it can be done on a budget from starting out, going to your very first match, all the way up to attending nationals in 2020 
with the budget gun. Really? So that, you know, it's interesting that you say that because going back to your, uh, your racing career, uh, you wanted to go out and prove that you could race with, with the others, with just any car. Basically, yeah. you said you had an automatic and yep. it was everything that a rally car shouldn't be. And you took third and you took second. Um, and now you now you're saying that you can do the same thing in competitive shooting. It's not so it's not necessarily the gear, right? So even like podcasting, videography, um, you can spend tons of money, sure, but you don't need to to get started. Right? No, you don't even need to. I mean, if your goal is to go out and if you really want to do something, you can. Like, there's a way. I promise you. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And people think, you know. What's the quickest way to make a million dollars in race car driving is the joke is to start with a billion dollars. Sure. Because you always lose money. In <laughs> sure. It. Well, competitive shooters, uh, for example, the professionals that are out there, mm -hmm. the people that actually legitimately get paid for it, you could probably count on two hands. Yeah. The people that legitimately, that is their job. Wow. Others, you know, they work with companies, sponsored shooters, stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of it is driven by fun competitiveness there is a ton of crossover mm -hmm. between race car drivers car guys and gun guys or girls it's uh it really gives a competitive as a crossfitter something that drives you as competition is getting better right it's the same thing with guns it's it gives us an avenue to scratch that competitive itch which yeah. is a big thing for me yeah i mean no matter what i do i have to be competitive sure i wanted to be the best comedian i wanted to be the best race car driver like it's always pushing me. Yeah. And this it also has, I mean, not to go off subject too much, but doing competitive shooting will get you better as a shooter, mm -hmm. as someone that handles a gun, whether it is for sport and or self-defense. Yeah. So it has two folds to it. So if your primary focus is somebody that I have a gun to defend myself, I would still urge you reach out to me, reach out to somebody else and, uh, see what's actually possible mm -hmm. with a gun sure as opposed to what you think you know right right well, that's a good point and now a lot of people would think that um one thing you said was that you could count on on two hands the amount of people that get paid to do this professionally you know some people would look at that and say well i'm not going to get into that because there's not much opportunity there but somebody else could say well i want to get into that because there's a ton of opportunity there if there's only 10 guys getting paid or 10 guys or girls getting paid um you know, that seems like there's a lot of opening or potential, right, to um, to, to make the sport bigger, to make it, um, uh, you know, so that more people could actually make a living off yeah. of it. I, so. It's, uh, I really want to change the view of the sport. You know, guns get such a bad light. Um, well, it's a very polarizing topic in this country. It is. And you're either on, seems like people are either on one side of the fence or the other, for the most part. Right. You know. And I'm, I'm one of those, I love having a good conversation about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a uh, my rights type of guy. Like, sure. There, you, you have to have conversation. Yeah. You got to understand where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started the training company to begin with is Jackie teaches with me now. And it's a teaching beginners. Uh, the more you're informed, the more we can have an intelligent conversation about whether or not you actually like it. Sure. Or why you don't like it. Right. I mean, if you actually try it and can legitimately tell me this is why I don't like it, I have respect for that. Sure. If you've never done it, 
mm-hmm. and you just blatantly say, nope, this is bad, it's evil, mm-hmm. it's a problem with that. Yeah. That's yeah. I can relate to that. There's a lot of, uh, well, I won't get into it. But yeah, I can relate. Very good. Um, so let's talk about Tony Salas a little more personally. Okay. So um, I have some questions. Some Something that uh, I have a ton of respect for you about is the 75 Hard program. Right. So Andy Frisella uh, started this 75 Hard program where for 75 days, you have to work out twice a day for 45 minutes each. One has to be outside. Um, you cannot, you have to follow a diet with no cheat meals. Any, the diet doesn't matter. It could be paleo, keto, macro counting, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just have to pick something and stick with it. Uh, you have to take a progress picture every day, no alcohol, a gallon of water, and read 10 pages of a self-help or business type book. Right? Yep. Did I miss anything? Nope. So 75 days. If you miss any one of those days on any one day, you have to start over. Yes. Yes, you do. So you've completed that program. I have. Well, the 75 hard and phase one, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into phase one. But 75 hard, you completed that program. And it's a 75-day program. How long did it take you to complete it? Uh, it was just over 213 days. 213 days. So do you know how many times you had to restart? 13. You had to restart 13 times. Yep. And uh, when was the first time that you attempted? Do you remember? Uh, it was the day after Andy started. Do you remember when that was? Was that this year or last year? I don't recall. No, it was this year. This year. So in 2019 is when you started and you completed in 2019. 200 and... Just about 213 days. 13 days. Wow. That's incredible. But talk about grit and tenacity, right? To continually quote unquote fail this program over and over and over and over 13 times and to still restart reset and then finally accomplish it what how did that feel uh it felt really good it was uh it was a test for me because uh i'm sure as most people can tell now i like doing a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and some would say that i really don't ever complete Mm. when I start and uh, I wanted this one to not be the case. Yeah. Uh, when I started it, I was at my heaviest weight, which is uh, not where I wanted to be. I was 476 pounds wow. and I really desperately needed to change. Yeah. And if anybody knows Andy or has heard Andy, uh, he has a way of talking to people Yeah. and explaining uh, why you should do this program. Um, it's, he put out one after I had failed probably the second or third time. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you're the type of person who has to restart this program four or five, six times that you're not, you you shouldn't be on this program. Mm -hmm. It's not for you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like when people tell me no. Right. Which Uh, we established uh, (laughs) earlier. It's uh, it's probably my least favorite word. Mm Mm-hmm. And I decided that no matter what, I would start this and finish it. So every time I failed, it was one night I fell asleep reading a book, so I didn't get 10 pages in. Uh, Most of them were me going over my calories. Mm. Uh, There was one night, there was the first time I had failed, and I had gone over my calories by 12. 
Wow. And <clears throat> it was going to be that, that it was that moment, right? Andy talks about it. Like this is going to be what develops you as a person mm-hmm. you know, how you do everything or how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, I have to restart. Like, I could easily just go, oh, it's only 13 calories, right? Right. And who would know? Right. Well, but I would, you would know. know. I right. would know. Absolutely. Right. I would know. And I w- it would haunt me every day. Like, sure. Do you complete 75 hard? I'd be like, yeah. And then, like, something would pop in my back of my head and be like, but did you? Right. And, like, I didn't want that. So that's, that would, that's one of the big questions around 75 hard, right? Um, because the program is supposed to be done with intention. And um, so some people, you know, we've seen some people that will count, you know, their their um their hour-long holiday shopping around the mall as their 45-minute workout right but that the intent was not the work to work out correct so um but yeah just the just the fact that you would know you would have uh, uh, a moment of doubt um and you didn't want any of that no and it was it it started to get really hard because it was also during match season Mm. um you know, matches are usually on Sunday. Yeah. And they're early in the morning until late at night. Usually matches start at 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you're doing a physical activity in the middle of the day. Yeah. So it can get pretty hot. So I had to go to the range before or wake up early at the hotel and, you know, walk in the parking lot for the 45 minutes. And then after you're smoked from competing all day, I was like, I gotta, I gotta walk. Like yeah. I gotta, I gotta do something. Mm-hmm. I gotta do another workout. And it was, there were times in there. It was, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, not so much the workouts. I mean, walking, it, it's not that hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's really not. Sure. It's the little thing. Taking a picture is not that hard. Right. But can you do it every day? Right. Can you stop yourself from getting complacent? Mm-hmm. Can you stop and go? I mean, I've already done this for seventy days, right? Right. Yeah, but that's not it. Right. You do it for 75. Right. Those are the rules. Sure. Like, follow the rules and win the game. Yeah. You don't follow the rules, you know, you don't win. Right. I don't like not winning. Mm-hmm. So. And and Andy himself says it's more of a mental program than it is a physical, right? Yeah. Uh, towards the end was actually the hardest thing I've ever had to do uh, because I ended up, my season was cut short in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a match. And I broke my right foot. Mm. Uh, I just took one wrong step on the stage, and uh, I almost broke my uh, fifth metatarsal in half. Wow! So uh, I think you need those. Yeah, it uh, it sucked. It made walking <laughs> uh, impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and got an X-ray, and that's when I found out. And they're like, "Nope, you need to stay off of it. Can't really do outside walks uh, with staying off of a foot." Mm-hmm. So I had to get creative. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rule is it's got to be an outdoor workout for 45 minutes. Yeah. So I, there wasn't much I can do. Yeah, I can take dumbbells and stuff like that, but your, your arms can only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw a uh, hand bike on Amazon, and Jackie was at Walmart. I'm like, hey, see if they got one of these there. Mm-hmm. And for 25 bucks, I got a hand bike. And for the last month or so, uh, last three weeks, I believe it was three weeks, my outdoor workout consisted of a hand bike for 45 minutes. Wow. So you want to talk about a mental 
workout, sit and do a hand bike. I would say if you want to see a mental workout, sit and do a hand bike for five minutes. Yeah. And then try it for 45. Yep. That's incredible. Well, good for you, man. And, Thanks. Uh, and Jackie did the program as well. Your wife did the program also? Yeah. So Jackie started it uh, same day I did. No restarts. Wow. Went through 75 hard. First time. Aced it. That's incredible. You know, my wife's kind of the same way. It's like she sets her mind to something and she can blaze right through it. No problem. And I struggle, man. So I don't know what it is. You know, it's like they got to drag us along. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, well. Um, but that's incredible, man. Um, and how did you, did you notice, did you have any physical changes because of the program? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I reached out. Um, I had just started working with uh, somebody we both know, Modern Fitness and Angelo, mm -hmm. and started on that train. And when I finished 75 hard, I had weighed in at, oh, what was it now? It was four, I lost 76 pounds. Wow. So that's awesome. That is incredible. 75 days. Well, lost 76 pounds. 213 days. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, with all the restarting. Yeah. But still, that's an incredible feat, man. Yeah, it's gotta that's gotta feel good. That's gotta uh both of those things, losing the weight, completing the program, even after having to restart, that's gotta be quite a, a confidence boost. Yeah, it, it it was. It was uh the best lesson I learned and uh a lot of people called me crazy for doing it. When I failed, um I only failed one thing. I still did all the other tasks, and the very next day I restarted. Mm. It was one of those I'm a big believer in momentum. Yeah, I didn't want to lose it. Sure, I didn't care that I'd already done it. Like I wanted to finish it. Yeah, so I start over, start over, start over, and on and on and on, mm -hmm. and eventually it just started getting easier, easier, and easier. When I finally felt that I had it figured out, is when I broke my foot. Yeah, and I was like, like this is the decision, right? Like, where do you go from here? Right. So I, I had done my workout, right, uh, the morning before the match. Now I had to drive home about three and a half hours with a broken foot. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out what I can do. So I called Jackie. I'm like, hey, uh, bring the crutches outside. I can't step on my right foot. She had no idea yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're getting in there, and I live downstairs. This was going to be interesting. Yeah. But before I went downstairs, I'm like, hey, go get the exercise bands and the dumbbells and bring them outside, put them on the porch. She's like, what? Don't you think you need to get on your off your feet? I'm like, I'm gonna, but I still got to do a second workout. <laughs> so that's, uh, that was, that was the turning point for me. Yeah. That was the, no matter what, like it's getting done. Yeah. And that, that's probably the biggest lesson for me from 75 hours. That's why I'm, I'm so grateful I did it. And he came up with that. Sure. And it was, it was life-changing for sure. The yeah. physical thing was just like he does. I mean, it's cliche at this point. It was a byproduct. Yeah. Knowing that no matter what, if I do set my mind to something, like it's getting done. Sure. So. That's great. All good for you, man. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, well, very cool. Um, well, great talking to you today. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the program. You're a very interesting guy doing some pretty cool stuff. And, uh, been looking forward to talking to you for a long time about all this. Um, so where can people find you on the uh, the old interwebs there? Uh, well, if you want to just see me, it's 
Tony underscore Salas, S-A-L-L-I-S, and then Companies Performance Gun Training, just how it sounds, that's how you find me, and then Laugh and Load is Laugh, letter N, Load. You'll see my ugly mug on any one of those. And Nice. That's where all the uh, the cool apparel and stuff is, and and uh, we'll be following you this next year to see all the cool stuff you got coming up. I'm, I'll definitely have to, uh, I'd really like this next season maybe to get out and uh if not just see a match, I'd like to to play around with some of the shooting and stuff. I I think you're gonna make it four ninety nine for me. Yeah, <laughs> you think so? Huh? So we'll see. I have uh, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I have faith. that would be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. very cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. talking to you. It's been great, and uh, look forward to seeing what you got coming. Heck yeah! Can't wait till next time. All right, brother. Thanks. Take care.